Welcome to Sunday Night Dinner, a podcast that cooks. I'm Suzanne Hancock. I'm Sky McAlpine, author of A Table in Venice and creator of the blog From My Dining Table. And today I'm really excited to be making one of my favorite dishes, tagliolini con zucchine, zafferano e gamberoni, which is tagliolini pasta with saffron and zucchini and shrimp. Okay, so why don't we just start from the very beginning? How did you end up in Venice as a six-year-old? Gosh, well, my parents moved there when I was six and they wanted to, my mother had lived in, in Rome in her early 20s and completely fallen in love with Italy and always kind of wanted to go back. So it just came at the right time and they thought, let's take a year, let's go and live in Venice for a year, take a year out um, and then move back to England and it would just be kind of like an interesting experience. Um, and then we all loved it so much that we're still there. <laughs> wow. 25 plus years. <laughs> later. When I think of Venice, I think of mystery and romance, but I don't necessarily think of fresh markets and groceries. Tell me about the market where you shop. Where does everything come from? I think Venetian food is kind of like Italy's best kept secret because people come to Venice and are beguiled and fall in love with the beautiful views and the old buildings and the amazing art. And it's very easy to come and not really have eaten very well you know you might have had like an okay plate of pasta or an okay pizza mm -hmm. and leave thinking that was fine but not so much better than maybe at home and actually there is this amazing food culture and there is a lot of fresh produce there's a lot of seafood because venice is right on the sea mm -hmm. so a lot of seafood dishes and some fantastic like fresh fish and, and seafood and game and then um, there is also a lot of fruit and vegetables so we do shop there are a couple of supermarkets in town now but when I was growing up there was only one supermarket and it was right the upper end of town so yeah. everyone kind of um, we all shop at the market we all go to the Rialto market and there is kind of this, if you love food it's incredible there's this incredible plenty of fresh and seasonal produce, a lot of which is grown in the islands that surround Venice, so okay. in the lagoon, so like castraura, these tiny little baby artichokes, or get zucchini blossoms when they're in season, or um, figs, like we have a fig tree in our garden, so you get fresh figs, um, peaches, mm. like all these kind of wonderful fresh flavors that you think of when you think of Italian food. Mm -hmm. I think it's because, you know, it, it is surrounded by water. So you don't think of pasture. You don't think of, of um, you know, fresh fresh fruit. Absolutely, absolutely. And and it really is these few islands. Santerasmo is one of them. But even on the Vignole or Torcello. And it's kind of like going to the country. It's 10 minutes boat drive away from the center of Venice. And then you get there and there are these wonderful fields or, or vineyards or what have you uh, and the soil is very salty because of the lagoon and that kind of impacts to a certain extent the flavor of of the of the produce so there are certain things like uh bruscandoli for example which are wild hops which are like kind of really thin delicate asparagus and they're in season right now and they have a very short season and you forage those in the lagoon and they're kind of quite difficult to find outside of that area mm -hmm. um or like another thing is there's a lady on um, this island called uh, Murano and she has set up like she has honeybees 
and they go and they the, the flowers that they they kind of um, get the pollen from are these wildflowers that grow in the lagoon so the honey is always slightly salty tasting it's amazing wow, it's really so really good. it's really delicious it's kind of almost like a sort of salted caramel kind of yeah. vibe going on so oh, they're yes, like all good. these interesting flavors that you aren't you know venice doesn't shout about them so you sort of have to investigate a little mm-hmm. bit to find mm-hmm. them what what would your average day be like mm. Do you go to the market every morning? Yes, yes we okay. do. Um, largely because that's where you shop and you don't have a car. So you can't like put all your shopping in the boot. You have to carry it. So you rarely, or rarely buy more than a day's worth of fruit and veg because it's too much to carry otherwise. Um, I love the rhythm of days in Venice. It's much slower than life in the big city. It's a small town and I love that about it. So we start with breakfast often at the coffee shop and wonderful fresh pastries, freshly baked, kind of made on site with a lovely coffee standing at the bar and catching up on the local gossip. And then usually walk through to the Rialto market after breakfast and do some shopping for the day and then go home and cook lunch and there's such a culture of lunch in Italy but particularly in Venice which Mm. I love and because it's a small town everyone goes home and has lunch with their families so schools end at one o'clock banks shut at one Um, most small business most businesses will close and everyone goes home and stops and pauses in their day and eats with their family and then things reopen again around 3 30 4 o'clock and kick off again and then there's los spritz um when you meet friends for a drink and have a spritz or a glass of prosecco or a bellini or something and a few bites to eat and that's a really sociable moment and that is so much part of the culture and the day there and that's around six o'clock and then dinner and there's a chapter in the book which I've called the uh, La Laguna the lagoon and that's all the recipes that are seafood and fish and games are kind of what you'd catch the catch from the lagoon and I wanted to really emphasize this point of Venice not just being the historical center but all these wonderful little islands mm-hmm. around it which I think if you love food are so interesting and so exciting because that's where the produce grows and that's where the fishing community is and and so forth um but for us on a personal note that chapter was last because in the summer months we have a tiny little boat and our favorite thing to do is just hop on the boat in the evening and just drive out to one of the islands in the lagoon and have an amazing fish dinner what about sunday night dinner so i'm interested in in both historically as growing up and now is there a difference between sunday night dinner and other dinners is Uh, sunday what's sunday like in venice sunday in venice is a lovely lazy day often go for a walk we'll always have a big lunch um and that's really the central meal of the day and then in the evening it's usually something light and comforting so when i was growing up my mother would always make would very often make for me a risotto on Sunday night and that was my favorite food and that was always Mm. such a treat and kind of I remember sitting in the kitchen and chatting to her as she'd like stir the pot because risotto Mm -hmm. as you know is so easy to make but the one thing you have to do is like stand there and stir a bit so that was always a really special moment for us growing up and now you know it's usually like a like a lovely pasta or a nice risotto or something really simple and easy but also cozy and comforting that kind of sets you up well for the week ahead Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm just putting the water on to boil straight away so that when our sauce is ready and we're ready to cook the pasta, it's good to go. Um, I like to do that because the pasta won't take very long to cook and it's good to have it ready. And I'm gonna salt the water as well. Um, always put way more salt into the water than you think you need. Um, you actually can't over salt it. And good salty water, cooking water, is what makes a good pasta. It really makes such a difference. It's good, and we'll cover that to kind of get it boiling faster. And then we'll get on with making the sauce. So I'm going to start by um, going to prepare the saffron. So in Italy, you can buy saffron in sachets um, where it's uh, powdered already. Uh, but I find in the UK, and I don't know if it's the same here, um, saffron usually is sold in strands. Um, so what I do is I pop it in the pestle and mortar. I think it's about a teaspoon that we're using here of strands with just a pinch of salt, which acts as a kind of grinding agent. And then just grind it down into a powder. You don't have to do this. You can, if you're feeling lazy, you can really skip this step and toss the strands in whole. Okay. Um, and then you kind of, then you sort of see the strands in the sauce and the coloration, like it comes out this beautiful, like sunny yellow color, either which way. And it's a bit more dappled and uneven if you have the whole strands and it's a little bit kind of smoother and like liquid sunshine if you grind down the yeah. saffron. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's it's really like a matter of, of, it's really of personal choice. It? It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's such a beautiful And can you color. smell? It just smells amazing. Oh my God. It smells yeah. like a field of it flowers. Is. It does. It really does. It's such, it's such, it's one of my favorite ingredients. I love saffron. I add it to so many things, both sweet and savory. So now I'm just chopping an onion. This is my least favorite part of all cooking. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I have terrible knife skills. Um, no one can see your knife <laughs> But for anyone listening, know that I'm chopping this very clumsily. So I'm just peeling the onion and then I'm going to finely, roughly chop it. I mean, it doesn't make too much difference. If you have good knife skills, then I'd go for finely. If you don't like me, roughly is fine. Um, it's just a matter of, of texture in the pasta, in the pasta sauce. So I'm going to put a splash of olive oil in the pan and heat that up and then add our chopped onion. So I'm gonna to toss the onion into the pan and just cook it for a few minutes um, just to soften like a sofrito. There we go. And what I'm gonna do is add um, a pinch of salt as well because I don't want the um, onion to go crispy. I just want it to soften and turn translucent and the salt will stop it from, from will stop that from happening. So I'll put that on, on medium and just leave that to sort of cook and give it a stir every now and then. It should be like three to five minutes, roughly. I mean, you can just tell when it starts to go soft and translucent, you're good. And in the meantime, I am going to uh, chop the zucchini. Um, I don't peel them, I just cut away the, the ends and discard those. And then, I mean, you can cut them any which way you like. I usually cut right down from top to tail down the middle and so you have two sort of um, like a half moon with a flat edge and then I can um, lie that down just put press that on the board and then chop into little mini half slices like half rounds they're roughly like a, roughly a centimeter thick what I love about this recipe um, 
is that you can't really go wrong. <laughs> you can, you know, cut the zucchini how you like, um, chop the onion thin, chop it thick, you know, it, it it's, it's going to taste really good no matter what. And it just becomes a matter of what your personal preference is or, or, or a question of presentation. So that's one of the things that I love about Italian cooking in yeah. general. I think it's really yeah. intuitive like that. And it lends itself to you just working with the ingredients that you have and, mm -hmm. and doing what you want and there's not so much a right or a wrong way of right. doing things yeah. yeah you can kind of make it your own completely mm -hmm. and one of the really funny things is such a stereotype that um, any Italian when you talk to them they'll always have like really strong views on um, the right and the wrong way to make things like a tomato sauce or uh, pasta or carbonara yeah. or whatever and it's always basically depends on what their mother's way of doing it is so their mother's way of doing it is the right way and every other way is the wrong way which I think is kind of shows you that there is actually no right or wrong way it's just like what what you like yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you think of a, a couple of other sort of classic Venetian dishes oh yes so tiramisu is Venice's great contribution uh to the world uh, that's sort of the Venetian dish or the Venetian sweet that's kind of gone global and that's a real classic and I love that um, another way of cooking is um, what we in Venetian we call in saur and most commonly that's how you cook fish and it's this kind of lovely sauce of um, slow cooked onions with olive oil and vinegar and bay leaves and pine nuts and raisins and uh, peppercorns and it's a sort of delicious um, flavorsome sauce and actually the name in saur is Venetian dialect and it literally translates as with flavor it's like when you cook something with flavor and traditionally that's what you will do for um, fish so you might take uh, sardines or sole fillets or um, sea bream or sea bass or what have you and lightly dust it in flour and then fry it until it's golden and then drench it in this kind of incredibly flavoursome yummy sauce um, and actually in the book in a table in Venice I included a recipe in saur which is for roasted pumpkin so you roast the pumpkin and then you have it with those flavours and it's absolutely delicious and that's a really traditional Venetian dish but it's quite unusual, quite unexpected but you've got to try it, it's so yummy um, other things like uh, Rizzi e Bizi, that's another real favourite in Venice and that is a risotto, quite a soupy risotto that you make with um, fresh garden peas. I mean you can make it with frozen peas as well which is what I do often but traditionally you make it with garden peas and a little bit of pancetta and butter and rice and it's so creamy and, and absolutely exquisite. Sky's cookbook feels like a love letter to Venice. It's a collection of recipes she's learned over the many years she's lived in the city, watching friends, chefs, reading classic cookbooks, and trying them out in her own kitchen, the place she's happiest. Sky has written that she feels no identifiable nationality. She's not wholly English, nor wholly Italian, but she does consider Venice home. And the appreciation she feels for the city is palpable on each page of the cookbook. It's romantic and practical and just beautiful to look at. So you can see the onion is like basically softened now and turned translucent. So we'll add in 
the zucchini, the chunks of zucchini, and just cook them off for a few moments. And so you can see, I mean, you don't want to overcook them, and zucchini is lovely raw anyway, so don't worry about that. But just a little bit so that it the color turns, and the colors kind of that green intensifies, and it's more vibrant. And then we'll add in our um, shrimp, and we'll add in some white wine as well. So how much time do you spend in London and how much time do you spend in, in Venice? I'm in Venice about half the year half and the in year. Venice okay. about half the year, but I kind of go backwards and forwards. It just depends what's going on. I was saying like last year because I was writing the book, I had a wonderful excuse to be there. So I was there probably a little bit more than half the year. And this year, ironically, because of um, traveling to kind of to promote the book, I've been there less. <laughs> um, but it's been fun because I've been traveling and I'm here, so <laughs> works well. So at this stage, before we add the prawns, I'm going to add the um, pa the pasta to the pasta water. So the water's galloping away. We've got these lovely um, spaghettini that we're going to use. As you said, like in the book, the recipe is tagliolini, but honestly, any long, thin pasta, linguine, spaghetti, spaghettini, tagliolini, whatever you kind of have to have is absolutely perfect okay. so it's not um, and whatever you kind of like is good so how do you do you have a tried and true way of figuring out how much pasta you should cook for three people four people no. no. <laughs> they say, sorry, I made a mess of this. No, it's okay. Pasta everywhere. They say that you should roughly calculate, I think it's about 100 grams per person. But it just depends. You know, sometimes you're hungrier, you're having something else with the pasta. I always tend to do more rather than less um, because I kind of, I'm that way. I'm a chronic over caterer. <laughs> Um, but they say roughly 100 grams per person is, is meant to be the sort of um, correct amount. So I'm adding the shrimp to our pan. This is such beautiful shrimp. And I'm going to add a splash of white wine as well. And the lovely thing about prawns is you can sort of tell when they're cooked because they turn pink, which I love. It's like their natural, their natural way of telling you I'm done. <laughs> These are really gorgeous. That looks really beautiful. Mm. The green and the pink together. The green and the pink, and now we'll add in the, the saffron as well. And in a moment, we'll add in the cream, which will kind of like carry the, the saffron powder more evenly through the sauce. Um, but we might as well just add it in now. Look at this lovely yellow color. And then the other trick for the sauce is before we drain the pasta, we'll want to have like a reserve a little cup of its cooking water, um, which you then add into the sauce. And that kind of is quite starchy and salty, and it just makes the sauce really creamy. That's It's a really good trick that, and I do that with all pasta, whether it's a pesto or a, a tomato sauce or a ragu or whatever, just add a little, particularly with a carbonara, add a little bit of the cooking water in. There we go. And so our sauce is ready to go. I'm going to take it off the heat. Our beautiful prawns and our lovely zucchini. And that wonderful smell of saffron. Oh, so mm. good. Um, let's switch that off. And then we're just waiting for our pasta to cook. 
which really should be ready, actually it might even be ready now. So the only way to really tell is to try it. <laughs> without burning yourself. <laughs> without burning yourself, and I've got to catch a strand. There we go. And maybe give that another minute. So al dente should have like a crunch at the middle, but it shouldn't taste raw. And then all we're gonna do is drain the pasta in the colander. And then I like to add the pasta into the pan with the sauce and toss it that way. Uh, so you get all the sauce in there and then just slowly just pour in a little bit of the cooking water as well. Not to make, you don't want to make it runny, but just to make it kind of like creamy. Yeah. Delicious. I love pasta. Oh my God, so That's so good. It's such comfort yeah. food. Is it your comfort food? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I love it. I really do love it. Yeah. There we go. So that's it. Oh, do you want to try some? Yeah. <laughs> The pasta was delicious, and both the meal and Sky's book made me want to go back to Italy. One day. Thanks so much to Sky McAlpine for coming to my kitchen and cooking the perfect Sunday night dinner. Check out Sky's new cookbook, A Table in Venice, which is published by Appetite by Random House, and follow her on Instagram at Sky McAlpine. S K Y E. M-C-A-L-P-I-N-E. Please check out our website, sundaynightdinnerpodcast.com, to see photos and Sky's recipe for this pasta. Music for the show is made by the brilliant J.J. Ibsen. You can follow us on all the social media platforms and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so you don't miss a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. 